0: Hi, welcome to the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Dr. D.C. Cofield, senior pastor here, and I want to thank you for the privilege of your time being with us on this day that the Lord has made. Now, listen, you are not here to make us a big church or to make me a big preacher. I am here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be, help you become the best spouse, the best single the best parent, the best child, help you become the best that you can be to the glory of God. I want to read to you the scripture today and it comes out of Psalm 103. Psalm 103, beginning at verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. And we bless you for this day, for this opportunity that you've given us uh, to gather together as a family of faith virtually, to be able to lift our voices in song, to be able to hear your word, and to be allowed to continue in the land of the living to express our faith I hope and I trust in you. I pray now, God, that you'll bless all of those who will partake in this service. May you be glorified in the midst of it all. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we want to continue honoring our seniors, uh, those pillars upon which we stand. Uh, The late uh, J.J. Roberson. Senior Pastor at the Mount Hebron Missionary Baptist Church said if you live long enough you become like those you once looked up to. And having been here 26 years, many of these members have been here all or a big part of those 26 years and I've watched them as they have grown and matured and continue to be the pillars that God has called them to be in this church. I want to give a shout out and recognize Sister Edith Glover Uh, faithful usher here at our church. Just a great spirit, great smile. Thank God for her, for her love and encouragement. Uh, Brother Johnson Seals and his wife, uh, Melva Seals. God bless them. Brother Johnson Seals has been a trustee at this church uh, even long before I came to this church, and his lovely wife, Melva, who is a food pantry volunteer and volunteers wherever they can in support of the vision and mission of this church under this pastorate thank you so much brother and sister seals for your love and for your support Uh, brother melvin and sister bobby mills uh, thank you for your work here at the church in the christian workers ministry uh, as part of our volunteer base here you greet people you love people you encourage people sister mills is a realtor and she uses that gift in the assistance of the ministry of our church and so i want to thank both uh brother uh melvin and sister bobby mills for their love and support reverend leodia and sister norma jones thank you so much uh, they are volunteers uh christian workers reverend leodia jones is an able uh preacher uh sister jones is my spanish teacher and so she's helping me develop my bilingual skills and I'm grateful to God for both of them for their tremendous spirit, um, even more than their gift. Um, the fruit of the spirit that abides in them is absolutely tremendous. I want to thank God for Sister, sister Bruna Pickett. God bless you. Thank you. And, and, your, and your partner in crime. I could say your partner in crime. You know your buddy. Uh, thank God for Sister Frances Burrell as well. Um, these two ladies are, are such a joy. Uh, years ago, when I came to Good Hope and we were launching the, the women's ministry, uh, they were they were part of, if I'm not mistaken, Mission 3. And they came alongside the pastor and worked to have, help establish uh, the Women of Hope ministry and have been just a blessing to me and encouragement to me down down through the years. So thank you, uh, Sister Pickett. Thank you, uh, Sister Frances Burrell for allowing the Lord to use you and all of our seniors that we're recognizing. God bless you and God keep you. Let's give God some praise, glory, and honor. I'm going to turn you into the hands of uh, the elder here at our church, Elder Mark Taylor and the praise team as we worship the Lord together in song.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. We rejoice in it and we're glad in it. We're here today because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You are the healer of the broken heart. You are the mender when we're torn apart. You are the light that brightens up the darkness. We see clearly who you are, good God. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, good God, yeah. Come on, help me out. You're not afraid, You're of, not all afraid of all the fears that shake me. You change. fought the battle fought and gave me the made like win. win. You hold my future hold my so my future past so can't my break me. I'm, I'm so glad so I'm, I'm so in so your hands. Let's do this one, y'all. Say it's your love alone that leaves me speechless. I still remember when you call my name far beyond the guilt and shame it reaches. I know I'll never be the same. Cause you're a good God. It's a good God. You're a good God. Yes, you are. Say good God. Now everybody put your hands together and let's celebrate. Come on. Hallelujah. Word of God says, oh taste and see that the Lord is good. blesses is the man that trusts in him. Come on, let's praise him because he's good. Hallelujah. Father, healer, redeemer, good God, good creator. God. Savior, defender, good God, Father. Good God, 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 good God. Listen, you never change, you've always. In him, blesses man, that trust in Him. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Say, You never change. You've always been. You always be. Good God. You never, never change. You've always been. And you always be. Good God. Say, good, good, good God. Yes, You are. Say, Good God. Yes, You are. You're magnificent. You are holy. good open your mouth and declare that he's a good god yes he is last time y'all everybody say good god. good god and father because you are good we've come to offer you worship today we want our worship to please you we want to make you smile smile on our worship our praise and our very lives come on somebody offer worship to him now Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to you, Jesus. Here's my worship. Take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. I present my heart to you. I present my life to you. Come on, everybody, help me. Here's my worship. Take joy. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. Lord, I present my heart to you. I present my life to you. Here's my worship. Take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile on your face. Present my heart to you, I present my life to you. One more time. Say, Here's my worship, Lord. Take joy in it. Make it your dwelling place, yeah. I want to put a smile on your face, yeah. Lord, I present my to you. I present my life to you. Say, here's my worship. today. Everybody say I present, my I present my heart to you. Heart to you. I present, my, I present life my life to you. Life, life to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word, the life-giving, life-changing power of your word. And I pray now that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in our hearts and minds, that we would be more than hearers, we would be doers as well. Have your way, Lord. we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever tried to put something together without using the directions? (laughs) Maybe it was around Christmas time, right? And you were going to put that bicycle together or that that dollhouse together or that easy bake oven, whatever it was. You were going to put that gift together. and, And here's what you decided to do. You were going to put the picture of your desired outcome up. And then look at the picture and figure out how to put it together instead of following the instructions. So there you go. You're looking at the picture. Let me look, see what I have, how many ingredients I have, how many pieces I have. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but can I tell you the last time I did something like that, here's what happened. I ended up with a couple of extra pieces that I didn't know where they went. And and here's what I told myself, see if this sounds familiar. Hmm, I wonder why they put these extra pieces in there. Because I didn't need those extra pieces to produce what I saw in the picture. But here's what I discovered. As I began to move and shift the piece that I put together around, I discovered that it wasn't as stable as it needed to be. And what I discovered was the pieces for which I saw no use, while it didn't change what I saw on the outside, it changed how it was structured on the inside. My brothers and sisters, that's the way many of us approach life. We approach life by looking at the picture or image that we want to attain or we want to acquire. We don't think about the instructions and what it takes to get there. We figure if we get there the best way we can, as long as that picture looks good, then we're good. So it's like the person who wants to invite you over to to their house because they want you to see this picture of this brand new house. But they're only going to be in there a few months because they can't afford to be in the house. Or the picture of a person driving a fancy car. And you look at them and say, man, they got it going on. And you didn't know they were renting the car. Right? There are instructions that we need to follow in order to ultimately be successful in life. Not just what is seen on the outside, but who we are and our integrity on the inside. God has directions he wants you to follow. He has instructions he wants you to follow in order for you to achieve, acquire, and accomplish what God has planned for your life. Today, I want to continue our series, Doing It God's Way. And I want to continue our series by looking at part two of how to follow God's instructions. How to Follow God's Instructions. Now, our foundational text for this series is 2 Samuel chapter 6. We began last week at 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, and we're covering verses 1 through 7 today. As we look at the move of David to move the ark of God from the home of Abinadab to Jerusalem to reestablish and reignite Jerusalem as the center of worship for the people of Israel. You will recall that the ark of God was captured in battle by the Philistines when after losing 4,000 men in battle, the Israelites said, let's go back And get the ark of God and bring the ark of God down into battle. And when the ark of God comes, it will deliver us. And the Bible says they went and got the ark of God, brought it down into the battlefield. And the children of Israel shouted and shouted so much so that the earth began to shake. The Philistine army heard the shouts coming out of the Israelite camp. And they said, man, what has gone on? What has happened? And the captain of the Israelite force said to them, fight like men. In other words, if you have never fought before, you better fight now. And they go into And because the Israelites trusted in the object and not the God who was represented by the object. The Bible says in the first battle, they lost 4,000. In the second battle, they lost 30,000. The Ark of God was captured, taken back to Philistia when, when it got back to that land uh, tumors and and all kinds of things broke out amongst the people and and the gods of the philistines were 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 bowing and were broken in the face of the Ark of God. Uh, the Philistines sent the ark back on a new cart uh, with with two uh, Oxide they took it back and and it landed in Abinadab's house and that's where it stayed for several decades until David has this burden and passion to bring the ark of God back to Jerusalem. Every one of us needs to understand that we will be faced with choices and options in life and, and what we have to determine, what we have to decide is whether we're going to follow God's instructions or make up our own directions and follow our own instructions. Last week I shared with you several things. Let's just go through them for the sake of review. Number one, you need to know how God instructs you to live. If you are going to follow God's instructions, you need to know how God instructs you to live. What has God said? And I believe every incident in life, every situation and circumstance in life, the word of God speaks to directly or indirectly. You just have to decide if you're going to follow God's instructions or not. And here's what I will tell you. If the word of God does not speak to it directly, please don't feel justified in doing something that is contrary to what the word of God says about one area when it comes to obeying God in another area. Make sure you know God's instructions for your life. The children of Israel, under David, 30,000 strong, go to Abinadab's house. But they apparently don't know the rules of engagement with the ark of God. Which leads to the second thing. Number two, you need to do what God commands no matter how you feel. You need to do what God commands no matter how you feel. How many times do your feelings guide you as opposed to God's word guiding you? Have you had any any times when you said, you know what, I know what God says, but this is what I'm going to do. Come on now, let's be honest. Have you had any times when you knew what God said to do, but your feelings got in the way? There are three feelings that can get in the way and cause you to miss God's blessings in your life because watch this. These three things will be used by you to justify your disobedience. Here's the first one. A, don't use your ignorance as an excuse to disobey God. Well, God, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Somebody who's committed a crime, accused of a crime, indicted of that crime, go to trial. If they stood up and said, well, I didn't know that was illegal. The judge would quickly inform them that ignorance is no excuse for breaking the law. Because the law is what it is. God gives commands, don't use your ignorance of the word of God to try to say to God, God, you're not justified in chastising me for my disobedience. Child of God, you've got to know what God says in his word. B, don't use imitation of others. Don't use your imitation of others as an excuse to disobey God. The Philistines, they, they, they had the ark on a new cart, so God, we going to take the ark on a new cart, but that's not what God told them to do. So they can't turn around and point to the Philistines and say, that's the way they did it, so we're going to do it the way they did it. Because just like my mama told me with Raynard and Tony, just like my mama told me, One, they don't belong to me. And two, I didn't tell you to do that. And three, if he jumped off a building, that means you're going to jump off a building? Come on, didn't you say that to your mom? Man, well, they were doing it. But just because somebody else is, is disobedient doesn't mean you're justified in being disobedient, especially when you know better. And there's somebody who's watching right now. Listen to me carefully. You are suffering right now, Holy Spirit help me, you're, you're suffering right now because of your willful knowing disobedience because you have tried to imitate what somebody else has done and because they have apparently gotten away with it, you think you should be able to get away with it. And God says, I have a different standard for you. That's why you haven't gotten away with it. See, see, Don't use your inconvenience as an excuse to disobey God. The command of God is very clear. Carry the ark. David starts off, he wants to cart the ark and not carry the ark. And guess what? If you had to go 11, 12 miles, it's a whole lot easier to transport something on a cart than it is to carry it. But the Bible says, and the command is clear, carry the ark. Now, somebody might say, well, it's so far away. Yeah, but I can hear God saying, if you hadn't taken the ark out of the temple and took it down in the battle under the wrong premise, then you wouldn't have to deal with the consequences of your disobedience. The only reason you got to carry it so far is because you didn't leave it where it belonged. And when you took it, you depended on it to save you instead of me. And because of your disobedience, now you have to deal with the consequences of your disobedience. Listen to me carefully. Man, when you've got to deal with the consequences of your disobedience, it is what it is. You've got to just suck it up. You've got to just take it and say, okay, Lord, Lord, you're right. I was wrong. Now what do I need to do to get right? Today I want to go to part two of how to follow God's instructions. One point, very simple. Here it is. You need to realize Following God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. Following God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. Have you ever talked to somebody and here's what they said after they did something that they shouldn't have done? I didn't mean to do it. My bad you know what, my fault, I own it, what I was trying to do, what I meant to say, but none of that matters when it comes to following God's instructions. See, when God looks at our intentions, our intentions are never a substitute for our actions. Our actions are what they are, our actions. You say, well, I didn't mean to do it like that. No, because if you didn't mean to do it, you wouldn't have done it. Actions are what speak, not intentions. Listen to the word of the Lord, 2 Samuel chapter 6, beginning at verse 5. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and studied the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead, Because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. We're talking about following God's instructions and realizing God's instructions are always more important than your intentions. So they come worshiping, praising. It's a praise party. We're getting the ark of God. We're bringing it back to Jerusalem. And the Bible says they put it on the ark. And they're on their way back. And as they're on their way back, the oxen stumble. They were celebrating their progress, even though they were progressing in a disobedient way. Listen to me carefully. Don't make the mistake of thinking short-lived celebration is a long-term justification for your disobedience. See, you can celebrate in disobedience, but celebrating in disobedience to what God has commanded you is short-lived. It won't last long. The Bible says that the oxen, when they reached the threshing floor of Nakan stumbled and the ark wobbled. Uzzah reaches out his hand and studies the ark because he's afraid, obviously, that the ark might fall and hit the ground. And so to keep the ark from hitting the ground, He reaches out his hand and studies it. The name Uzzah means strength. Stay with me. Strength. Strength in himself or your strength. Now, remember, God had declared in his word. That no one would touch the ark. If they did, they would die. That's what God said in his word. And the ark was never to be moved with the direct hand of a person. But remember, the poles were supposed to be put In the four rings, two rings on each side, the poles made of acacia wood, and the ark would be carried by those poles. So they obviously knew enough to put the ark on the cart with the poles, but they chose not to carry the ark with the poles because it was 10 miles plus from Abinadab's house to Jerusalem. So they decided to move the ark like the Philistines moved the ark. And when the oxen stumbled, Uzzah reaches out his hand. Now remember, his name means strength, strength in himself. And here's what Uzzah thought. He thought his intention was more important than following God's instructions. So he reaches out his hand and studies his ark because he assumes that his hand is cleaner than the ground. He assumes that to touch the ark was better than the ark hitting the ground. Now, here's what's interesting. There's nowhere in Scripture where the Bible says the ark was not to touch the ground. But it was in Scripture that no hand was to touch the ark. What they did not realize was that the rules to not handle the ark were not to keep the ark from the ground, but to keep the ark out of the hands of man. Let me say that again for somebody. The rules of handling the ark were never intended to keep the ark off the ground. They were intended to keep the ark out of the hands of man. And whenever we try to do something in our strength, apart from God's instructions, we will always have to suffer the consequence of our disobedience. Uzzah acted, but he had no authority. He exercised his power and his preference, but he didn't have God's permission. And you need to know your intentions never outweigh, overrule, or override divine instructions. What did God say? Well, I didn't mean it like that. No, what did God say? I didn't know. What did God say? Well, they did it. No, what did God say to you? Let me make it clear. You will never be able to prosper in your life until God is at the center of your life, affecting every aspect of your life, and you are committed to following God's instructions over your life. Somebody right now, you're watching and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I've been blessed in my life. And I'm not saying you won't be blessed. I'm just saying you won't be blessed as much as you could be blessed. Some of you wouldn't know how to handle the favor of God in your life on a consistent blessing and a consistent basis. You wouldn't know how to handle it because as soon as the blessings of God came in your life, thank you, Lord, you'd be waiting for the other shoe to drop. You'd be like, oh, it's too good to be true because you've never lived according to God's instructions in a consistent enough way. Most times, here's what we do. Does it look like God? Does it sound like God? Do we see any semblance of God? Maybe God is in this. Okay, you know what? I'm going to do this, and God, I want you to bless me. Instead of saying, God, what are you blessing? And then let me start doing what you are blessing. It's real simple. Please write this down somewhere. Your good intentions are never a satisfactory substitute for following God's instructions. I'm going to say it again. Your good intentions are never a satisfactory substitute for following God's instructions. You can have the right intentions to do the right thing, but if you do it the wrong way, it will not work out. Uzzah had the right intentions. David had the right intentions. But they were not doing the right thing in the right way. They were doing it in the wrong way. And because they were doing it in the wrong way, it couldn't work out. You have to make a decision to do things God's way. And can I tell you where we get in trouble with our instructions or with our intentions? Let me tell you how we get in trouble with our intentions. Well, God, you know my heart. That's that's an intention-based statement. God, you know my heart. Lord, you know my heart. And I can hear God saying, yeah, but you should know my word. You want God to know your heart and then excuse your ignorance of his word based on your heart. And the Bible teaches us that our hearts are deceitful. God says, no, it's not about me knowing your heart. It's about you knowing God's word. See, the truth is most of us still have that Burger King mentality. We want to have it our way. We want to do it our way. And, and if we bother to pray after we do it our way, we're asking God to bless our way. We're not asking God to bless his way. No, we're going to do it our way. I'm not comfortable doing it that way. I, it doesn't take all of that. Mm, I don't know. It's not my personality. God, I hear you, but God says, Okay. If you keep rejecting my instruction and embracing your intention, you are on the path to destruction. In order for you to find solutions to your pain, your predicaments, your problems, your difficulties, you must learn how to live your life According to God's instructions. If you are going to do it God's way, you have to learn to live life according to his instructions. Hardship and misfortunes can be overcome when you live life according to God's instructions. The labor of your hands will succeed when you learn how to live life according to God's instructions. Living life according to God's instructions will make you stronger, will make you wiser, will make you better if you learn how to live life according to God's instructions. So here's the choice. Your intentions or God's instructions. When I put that item together... When I was looking at that box, my intention was to reproduce in the physical what I saw on the box. And even though it looked just like the box, I missed some steps because I didn't follow the instructions. You know what I needed to do? This is what I had to do. I literally had to take everything apart, look at the instructions, follow the instructions, and when I followed the instructions, here's what happened. I ended up in front of me with what I saw on the box, and it was stable and secure, and there were no parts left over. Everything I needed to be successful was in the box. I just had to learn how to follow the instructions. Everything you need to be successful in life is in the the book, the word of God. You just have to learn how to follow instructions and watch God bless in an abundant way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. God, I pray for those under the sound of my voice, those who are listening who have the spirit of Uzzah who want to do what they want to do in their own strength. Help them, God, to understand that their strength should never, ever be used as a substitute for their obedience to your word. Help us, God, to know our intentions are meaningless apart from your instruction and help us to live a life that's obedient to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and God be with you. Thank you for being with us today. Um, If you like our broadcast, if you enjoy being with us on the digital platform, My prayer is that you would like and share us with family members and friends. Let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Uh, My commitment is to share with you uh, a real and relevant word from the Lord to help you become all that God wants you to be. It's not just about making you feel good, but on a deeper level, I want to help you become good so that you will learn how to stay good, and live a life that's pleasing to the Father. Uh, If you'd like to ask Jesus Christ into your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do it. Let me give you some instructions. Um, Go to our website, go to our app, and click on the button that says, I want to accept Christ, but how? And you will find there steps, a video recording to walk you through how to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you're trying to figure out what do I do now, especially on this virtual platform, some churches are reopening, some are not reopening uh, their campus doors, some are opening at a very limited number, uh, 25% capacity. You're trying to figure out what you can do. Uh, There are five steps that we recommend to you. Uh, to help you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you're looking for a church home, uh, I want to offer to you uh, the Good Hope Church on our virtual platform. Um, We're about to launch some things that I've been working on, praying about, and we would love for the privilege to walk with you, to disciple you on the digital platform Um, because we believe Uh, that this is not going away anytime soon. And so if you've been watching with us, you'd like to become a member of the church, uh, you can click the button that says, I want to join the church and you can join the church. And our commitment is to help facilitate your discipleship, your growth and your development on the digital platform. Uh, For those of you who would like to support our ministry Um, There are seven ways that you can give to our members. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in your giving. Your giving has made a tremendous difference. Uh, We're working on things on campus. We're uh, serving people in our community. Uh, We're still supporting our missionaries around the world, and it's all because of your giving. Uh, We're about to uh, launch our Director of Missions Pastor Mark Sloan and his wife, Marcelle, uh, they will be going to Uganda uh, on a full-time mission assignment, and we're excited about that as they are raising their support. Uh, Please be prayerful about that and how the Lord would have you to be a blessing um, as we continue to take hope to the world. Uh, If you've been blessed by this message, we would love to see you become part of this uh, new discipleship series, this life group series entitled Doing It God's Way. Now somebody asked, they said, Pastor, what about the joy campaign? We didn't finish the book of Philippians. No, we didn't finish the book of Philippians. We got through chapter one. We're going to take a break. We're going to do the doing it God's way. Then we're going to come back and we will have our holiday season, and then beginning at the first of the year, we'll have the Joy Campaign 2.0 and we'll pick up Philippians in the second book. We didn't give up on the book of Philippians. Too much in there. And I'm looking forward to what God has to say. But this series, God just kind of really put it in my spirit. Man, I've, I've been preaching and looking at this passage for several years and and God just really uh, unfoiled some things for me. And I'm hoping and praying that you're being blessed in this series, doing it God way, doing it God's way. All right. Listen, don't forget God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let's encourage one another and learn how to encourage yourself. All right. Come on, put your hands together. Let's sing it together. God is doing something wonderful in me.